0: My task this morning is just to shortly talk about prayer. And the title of my little message is this. Why why pray? Why pray? This past week I was reading a book, and Abraham Lincoln's favorite story or joke is this. He told a story about an Irish sailor who had been overtaken at sea by a heavy storm. The sailor thought he ought to pray, but he didn't know how. So he fell to his knees and he said, O Lord, you know as well as meself that it's seldom I bother ye. But if you would only hear me and save me this one time, I promise ye I will be a long time before I ever bother ye again. The whole point is, God, I need you answer my prayer, and then I don't need you anymore. That's how I pray, I think, to be honest with you. So why pray? If if, if you look at that sailor, and if you look at a lot of our lives, we pray because we need our butler to come and fulfill what we want. And then he can go back and serve somebody else. But that's not why we should pray. I... I mean, if you're like me, truthfully, you're guilty. When, it, when you say the word prayer, I think, Jared, you opened up and you said, I don't want to say the word prayer because, oh boy, all spirits will be depressed. Here we go again, boredom. Even if you're at my blog on Friday, it's the one thing we shouldn't talk about because once we talk about it, we don't do it often. So here I am talking about. But I don't want to talk about it. I want the scriptures to talk to you about it. And I want you to open up to Jeremiah 29. This is, this is a lot of your favorite verses, actually. This was my dad's favorite verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. But it's not 29, 11 I want to focus on, but we have to go through it to get to where I want to get to. Jeremiah chapter 29. Okay, verse 4 says, this is written to God's people who were sent from Jerusalem to Babylon in exile. Simply put, Jerusalem sinned, God punished them by sending them into another country to be disciplined. That's really the scenario. So in a way, they're in a bad situation. It's kind of like the sailor who's being tossed by the sea. They're in a bad, bad straight. So you get to verse 10. Look at how verse 10 reads. For thus saith the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfil to you my promise and bring you back to this place. So what he's saying is, yes, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but I will rescue you after 70 years. And then in verse 10, or 11, it says, for I know... The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future, or a future and a hope. A lot of people, this is their favorite verse, because what it says is it paints the heart of God towards his people. He doesn't want to destroy us. He wants us to have a hope and a future. Most people will end right there, because really what it's about is, My anxiety, oh, good, I'll be okay. But this isn't where God wants us to stop. Keep reading. Look at verses 12, 13, and 14. And I want you to circle one word, the word me. Watch how many times this word is used. Verse 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You'll call upon me, that's prayer, come and pray to me. Oh, I'm in verse 12. Then you'll call upon me. And come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me, you will find me, and when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. What is the goal of prayer? Me, God. To know him intimately. Yes, it's to be relieved of our anxiety that we're in trouble and we need your help. I do need to seek you. But in that seeking, God puts us in trouble so we will discover him. The purpose of prayer is him. Getting to know him. Listen to how he says it in verse 12. Really, when that time of trouble comes, you will call upon me. And the way you'll call upon him is prayer. What is prayer? Prayer really I don't want to get too complicated it's talking to our father that's it is there a right way to pray yeah it's called desperation that's all I'll say about how you pray because all you got to do is pray and he says he gives us a promise I will hear you it's a, it's funny the very first class I ever had in my bio, in my seminary was called Spiritual Life in Ministry. It talks about how to have a walk with God. And the very first thing my teacher said, and he said it for about five minutes, he kept saying it like this, God is a person. God is a person. God is a person. The reason why he said it is I think in our mind we think he's a force. We think he is a nebulous cloud that floats. But he's saying God is a person. And prayer is how I have a relationship with that person. He's a person. If you think about that, that's overwhelming. And then it says in verse 13, you will seek me and you'll find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. And if you continue on in verse 14, he says, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations. But the the, the crescendo isn't restore your fortunes. The... the the reward is him. I will find you. It's funny, I was uh, I was listening to something this week, but the person said, I think, and he said it like this, maybe one of the reasons we don't know God that well is because we don't pray. And because we don't pray, he really doesn't show up. But have you ever prayed... And desperately prayed, and when it's answered, you meet him? It's in the prayer that you meet God. I, uh, as I was thinking about this, I went over some of my prayer journals. And I went to a prayer journal I wrote while I was in Russia 20 years ago. Let me just paint for you the scenario. 20 years ago, my wife and I were in a little city called Stavropol. Actually, it's big. It's the size of Grand Rapids, but it's closed in. And we were one of, at the time, one of four Americans in Russia, and we were about a month away from coming back to the United States. Here I was. I knew that this was going, my job in Russia as a missionary was going to be done in a month. I didn't have a job. I had a pregnant wife. I had no money. And I'm staring out this window with snow coming down in Russia. Russia is rather depressing. I was depressed. And here's the prayer I prayed. I began with the scripture, Psalm 57.2. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. What a verse that is. I I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. So here's my prayer. Lord, I chose this verse because this has been the underlying plea of my heart throughout this journal. Fulfill your purpose for me and my wife. God, may you prepare a future of hope and joy for us. And Lord, please, show me what it is you want. God, I want to serve you as a minister, a pastor, a teacher. Please make it obvious what it is you want me to to do. Do you want me to continue my schooling? Do you want me to work with youth? Do you want Michelle and and me to live in Michigan? Do you want me to work a secular job? I am open to whatever it is you want. But I do have some specific requests. That Michelle and I will never lose our zeal and zest for you. God, please never let us exalt comfort over glory. My heart has a tendency to laziness. Please keep my heart close to you. Secondly, God, I'd love to own a house, but that's between you and me. But it's a desire I do have. The health of our child, Lord, this really concerns me a lot. The health of our baby is something I ask for. I haven't fasted as much as I would like, but God, prompt me when you'd want me to. And fourthly, God, I... Please bring people for me to disciple. God, when I get home, please bring someone in my life that I can disciple. A man, maybe a young man, that is willing to meet one-on-one. God, this is something I should commit to. I know that when you look at me, God, you see right through me. All my thoughts, all my dreams, my longings, and my fears. You know where I need to grow, Lord. Love me by forcing me to grow. I know that is a tough request, but I want to live for you, so you will be praised among the nations. God, please, exalt your Son in my life. And I finish with, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I'll tell you what, he's, he's answered that, but in his answering, I've met him in so many different ways. But it doesn't. when the prayer is answered, it doesn't end there because our point of prayer is to have a relationship that never ends, that grows. And he keeps giving you things to pray about. He keeps putting you in the storm. But he puts you in the storm so you'll get on your knees and you'll find him there. Please don't view prayer as asking your butler to fulfill your needs and then you can push him down in the basement to serve somebody else. He is almighty God who invites you to know him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that you invite us personally to come to learn and explore the nature of the almighty God, the God who never fails us, the God who is always on time, the God who sees everything we go through. Father, I do pray for our church. I thank you for bringing... Really, not only the Dodies here and the Vander West and Maxes, but I thank you for this church family that God has chosen. They volunteered to, to commune together here in Kent County, northern Kent County, because we want to display your son. That's why we meet. We don't meet because necessarily, God, it's, we're paying anything off to you because we can't pay you back. But, God, we are inviting you. We want you to be a part of this, this church, I mean, to be alive here. We really do want a momentum to to build on prayer where people start engaging with you, where prayers are answered, where abundance happens. That's what we want, but God, more than anything, I pray that because, because we pray, we will find you. Glorify your Son in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: A few years ago... I went to a mission trip in Guyana, in a small tribe. It's called the Araquita people. It's a small tribe that border Guyana and Brazil. And we spent about two weeks in that tribe. And we had about like 10 meetings with those people. And every single night, I was just humble by the people's attitude when it came to prayer. And one of the main prayers of that people group was the coming of Christ. I've never heard any people group prayed for the coming of Christ like like those people. And I wonder why. And I looked around in that tribe and the people drank the water from the river. The water in Guyana and Brazil is all black. There wasn't nice houses, nothing of comfort, nothing to hold them to this world. So they prayed so diligently for the coming of our savior. Pastor Chris, I've never heard in the American church once anyone prayed for the coming of Christ. We don't pray. We don't pray for the things that is important. Prayer is about us. Prayer is about our needs. Prayer is about buying the right cars, having the right things. Folks, I want to say this with all humility, that God does not exist for you and me. God, we exist for God. We exist for God. And I want to encourage this awesome body of believers. Pray. Let's truly go before God in prayer. Have meaningful prayer before the God before our God put aside our needs put aside our selfish desire and look to God for hope for peace for joy for growth for people to come to him for this church to be on fire to win Kent City for Jesus there's a lot of hurting people in our community and in our church We need to be praying. I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Philippians, chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 11. Philippians, chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there is any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the Spirit, intent in one purpose. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look for your, out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Having this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he exists in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself and take the form of a bondservant and, and being made in the likeness of a man, being formed in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow for those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father we come before you with thanksgiving. Lord you said in your word here this morning Lord, the first couple verses you talked about what is true of us. In you, in your Son, Jesus Christ, you say, Lord, in your Son there is encouragement. There is love in your Son. There is fellowship in the Spirit because we are sealed with your Holy Spirit of promise. Lord, in your Son there is compassion. There is kindness. Lord, you have given all these things to us, Father. All these things are true of us. Lord, that is Lord, these things are our reality. Lord, you just didn't save us and hang us out to dry. You give us everything that is pertaining to life and godliness. Lord, you have equipped us with everything that we need to live in unity and harmony and in peace with each other and this world, Father. You have given us. Lord, you've freely given these things to us in your Son. Lord, and this morning, we want to say thank you for your love. Lord, for your Holy Spirit, Lord, you seal us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. What an incredible privilege to be sealed with your spirit. Lord, we are indwelled with your spirit. Lord, we are beloved by you. Lord, we find encouragement in the hope that we have in you. Lord, I'm so thankful even in our shortcomings, Father. Lord, you're kind. You're patient. Lord, you're compassionate. Even when I am walking in disobedience, Lord, it's your kindness, it's your compassion that leads me to repentance. Lord, and I'm so thankful for these things, Father. Lord, I'm so thankful. Lord, it's mind-blowing to know that I have all these things in you. Lord, and I've done nothing to earn these things, but it was freely given to us through your son. And God, thank you. Lord, my heart is overwhelmed with that knowledge, Father. It's too wonderful. I cannot, Lord, I cannot take it in. It's so amazing to know that I'm loved by you, God. And I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Lord, knowing these truths and knowing
2: that
1: it's, that is, Lord, these things are true, it's reality. Lord, you ask us to do nothing out of selfishness. Lord, selfishness and empty conceit is not who we are in you. Lord, it's not our identity. Lord, is not of the spirit, it is of flesh. Lord, and I pray that for each one of Your people here that are sitting here this morning would take time to examine themselves this morning before you, not before me, not before Pastor Chris, not before the leadership team of this church, but before you, God. That if there is any deceit, any selfishness, any work of the flesh, that your people would humble themselves and come before you and repent. Lord, encourage us, selfishness is not of you, it's of the flesh. It's demonic. It's evil. Lord, and you want us to walk in truth, walk in our identity, which is love, encouragement, hope, peace, joy, compassion. Lord, in your word here, you give us the example. Lord, is you. Lord, Lord Jesus, you empty yourself and took up the form of a man. Lord, a bond servant, a slave. Lord, you became a slave for Joe. Lord, I did not do anything. I know myself so well. Lord, you became a slave, a bond servant. You left your throne in heaven and came and walked in the slums of this earth, so that I could be your child. Lord, that I could be righteous, I could be declared righteous. That I could be seated right now with you in the heavenly place. Lord, this is mind-blowing that you would do that for me. Lord, I pray that your people would be excited about your sacrifice. And be humbled by it too, Lord. Lord, as Pastor Chris said, you're God. You're the creator. You're the one that speak the world into existence. And yet, you gave up your throne to come and die for me. Lord, you went to the electric chair. You took the lethal injection, the hangman noose. Lord, you took that for me. For me. And I know that I did not do anything to deserve that. Lord, I know that by my very nature, I'm evil. And Lord, you look beyond all that. And you went to the electric chair. You you took that lethal injection for me. Lord, what humility. I cannot understand that, Lord. I cannot, but I'm thankful. Lord, and I'm in awe of your humility. Lord, I pray for your people here at Kent City that they would understand that, Father that this truth would find root in their heart and it would change every aspect of their life, change your thinking, Lord, as they approach you in prayer. Lord, you humble yourself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Lord, I pray for your people. That we would humble ourselves as a church before you. Lord, it takes a lot of arrogance in us to put our faith in politicians and not you, Lord. Lord, this year is the upcoming election. Lord, we talk so much about the politicians and what they could do for us. Lord, help us to understand it takes a lot of arrogance to put our trust in them and not on you. Lord, I pray your humility would expose us, expose our arrogance, expose our selfishness. Lord, I pray that your word will shed light in where we are as believers. Lord, I pray these things, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you would bring us to a place of humility. Lord, you said in your word, because you humble yourself, you were given a name that is above all names. And one day every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess those in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Lord, one day every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And you were given a place that is highly exalted. Lord, I pray my prayer for your people here this morning is that we would be, believe, honestly believe if we choose to walk in humility, we will be exalted with you. We will be given a place of honor. But it's going to take humility. Lord, search our heart, Lord, there's so much hurting people around us. Lord, help us to ask ourselves the question, Are we too busy? for the hurting Lord there's so much ministries within this church and needs of this church are we too busy are we too arrogant to put aside our selfishness Lord and meet the needs of the church of the people that's around us Lord the world is dying and going to hell and we are okay with that we're okay with that, Lord. I pray that you would humble us, Lord. Lord, it takes a lot of arrogance to be okay with these things, Lord. And I pray, oh God, that you would expose us. Lord, expose us. Lord, we need to be exposed. Lord, help us to evaluate our mind and our thing, Lord, our heart, Lord, and where we are with you. Father, help us, Lord. I pray that you would help, Lord. Help, help, help your church, Lord. Lord, we're losing the battle. Lord, we're losing our kids. Lord, help us, Father, to humble ourselves and call upon you. Lord, we want great things to be done, but Lord, we refuse to humble ourselves and call upon you. Lord, help us as a church to understand, fully understand that we cannot do anything without you. We need to rely on you. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would expose us in a way that we would, Lord, it would clearly show that we are helpless and how much we need you, Father. Help us, Lord. Help us, God. Lord, I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
3: Well, oh, Joe, you're a pretty tough act to follow. <clears throat> Thanks. <clears throat> I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 3, but I think before I do, I just need to confess that <clears throat> this past week has been a really difficult week. It's It's been a week that uh, coming up here is not an easy thing, I guess. And it's something that you find yourself praying more than you ever had before. And it's funny, like Chris said, how our prayers <coughs> are often so very selfish. You know, oh, Lord, give me this. I need help here. I need, I need wisdom. I need guidance. Help me, Lord, help me. And we just keep coming back to him over and over and again with the same request. And this passage here in Ephesians, it's a prayer for spiritual strength and man I. man. We, I need it, and I'm sure you all do too. So starting in verse 14, <coughs> sorry, I've got a little bit of a cold going. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Before I pray, I would like to just have us close our eyes and in silence just for 10 15 seconds or so with your with your mind and your heart just look at him listen don't don't say anything just just look at him let's do that lord we do come here in prayer to glorify you. This should be our number one main goal. Our aim in life is to bring you honor and glory. For Father, there is no one who's worthy of this as you are. And when I stop and think about what it is to pray and who I'm praying to, I'm amazed that the God of all creation, the God of all power who said, let there be and there was, that he wants me to know him. That he loves me. As Joe was saying too, it's incredible. It's, it's something that should just implore us to, to cry out all the more. Father, you are an awesomely, awesomely good God. And I know, Lord, that as this passage brings forth, I realize too just how desperately we are in need of your Spirit. Lord, we were never meant to walk this Calvary Road alone. It wasn't for us to do that on our own. And you gave the Holy Spirit so that we would be empowered, that we would rise above, Lord, the things of the world, the things of the flesh and stand in power. And Father, I pray that for, on behalf of uh, this church that you would be pleased to fill us with your spirit. Lord, something, a gift that's already been given, may we truly learn to, to accept it and live in it. Let Jesus, that you may live in us to the riches, to the fullness of your glory, of what you desire for us. that we may in that love be able to comprehend the greatness of your love and that we too then may go forth and love others. Jesus, I, I pray that you fill our cups. Fill them to overflowing that in that process of overflowing that they will splash out on others and others may taste and see that you are good. Oh, Lord, we need you in this way. We we need to be spiritually filled. And so, Lord, I would just want to end this prayer with two things. Thank you. Thank you for all that you have given. And, Lord, lead on. Lead on, O King Eternal. Grow us up. Conform us all into the image of your Son. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.
2: We're going to look at Psalm 13, if you'd like to turn there, please. And you can relax, because this is the last one, okay? Let's just look at the first couple verses. It says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Anybody ever been there before? Um... David sounds like he might be a little messed up. David has some problems. I think I've been there. Um, Have you ever questioned God's goodness? Have you ever felt like God had forgotten you or he was hiding from you? Uh, What about confusion? What about uh, knowing what's... What really is the truth? Have you ever wondered if God is for real? Um, I've been there, and I think David's there, too. This is not a terribly encouraging psalm that Jared assigned me, <clears throat> but it gets better. Watch as we work our way through it. We get to the butt, and the butt changes everything. Uh, the next uh, couple verses, we're going to see David's request. Look at um, verse 3. Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Don't go on. The good part's coming. Pretty simple request that David makes. He says, give light to my eyes. And he says, answer me. And I think the answer may... I'm reading into this a little bit, but I think it's an indicator of some kind of weak faith. Why would he say that otherwise? He's saying, I don't think he's saying, Lord, answer me. I think he's saying, Lord, answer me. So let's see what God does in the next part here. Then it says, but, and I've circled all the buts in the Psalms because they change everything, and I love them. This one says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. (laughs) I wonder if this, and again, I'm reading into this, and I'm not a theologian, so I wouldn't know, but I'm wondering if this is God answering David's prayer already, when um, God shines his light into David's heart and his mind so that he can see I think he understands and he remembers how good and loving God is. I think that's God answering his prayer. Since David's eyes are opened, he goes from doubt in verse 2, doubt and sorrow, to rejoicing in his salvation. He has hope and rest as he walks by faith faith in God's goodness and love. Okay, I'd like to pray now, but like Jared said, I'd like you to pray with me. Um, And when I think of us praying together, I remember my old grandpa, Claude Spoolstra, praying at the table with us all around, probably on a Thanksgiving. And i remember my shriveled up little grandma when she prayed she would mumble right along with grandpa and it was she was praying her own prayer but I think she was filling in the gaps for grandpa and that's what I feel like you guys can do as I try to lead us in prayer I'll forget a lot of stuff but as you pray with me we fill in the gaps for each other and I think God is glorified by that Let's pray. Holy God, we come to you. Um, we want to worship you in prayer because you are worthy. You are good and you're loving. We thank you, Father, that you've not forgotten us. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. We, we all need a Savior, and... Uh, Because of you, we have peace with God, and not just peace, we can call him our Father, and uh, we rest in that. Like David prayed so long ago, we come to you, the same God, with our needs. We trust you, and we wanna walk by faith and not by sight. So often we fail at walking by faith. Help us in our unbelief, Father. Teach us to trust you more. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to renew our hearts and minds. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need your loving conviction and comfort. Please shine your light into our hearts so, like uh, Jerry has read for us, we'll be able to grasp your love and your goodness. And now, Father, knowing that you have not forgotten us, we trust you to hear and answer our prayer. Because of Jesus, we have hope. We rejoice in our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And then the last verse here again says, I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. And I think that's Jared's cue. You got a tune for us? Yep.
4: All right, let's pray together. Lord, we often find ourselves there in that place, and our prayer this morning, as we conclude, is just a simple reality that you would continually show yourself to us, and Lord, we acknowledge that we know that that doesn't happen when, when we don't ponder you, when you're Our bibles are closed when our mouths are silent and we don't pray It's really hard to hear from you and to know you're real in those moments But lord, we pray this morning that you would chase away our unbelief That you would strengthen us with your mighty hand and with your spirit So that we may cling to our savior In all walks of our lives Lord, we love you We really do I pray that this morning was a blessing to, to those who were here and I pray that each one of us would be encouraged and strengthened to continue to learn to pray. Just like the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. A lot of times we don't feel like we know how. But we pray that you would strengthen us, encourage us and teach us to to pray. Help us to be diligent, help us to do the work of prayer and help us to enjoy the sweet times of becoming closer to you. Help us as a church body to be closer to you, to cling more desperately to you, and to acknowledge you in all things. Jesus, this is all for your honor and for your glory. May you be pleased this morning, and may we indeed be salt and light in the world through our prayers and through our actions. We love you and pray these things in his name.